Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pie Factory Podcast. I may have clicked record like a slight tiny uh, thing because the go was a little bit less uh, thingy than the one and the two and the three. It was a little less goey. Yeah, a little less goey. We are here to go. A little Devo for you coming up on the drive. Very little. Very little. So welcome once again, everybody, to the absolutely amazing, fantabulous Pie Factory podcast. And I say that... Oh, I'm on the wrong podcast. I'm sorry. Ah, well, I say that in all humility, of course. So uh, once again, you know me and you tolerate me. This is Jimmy G. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, nobody knows me and I really don't care. In fact, I kind of like it that way. This is, uh, uh, Sean up at, uh, Pie Factory Headquarters North. Well, now they know you. Yeah. So they can find you. Yeah. This demonstrates the, the value of not being seen. Indeed. So, how the heck are you, Sean? <laughs> well, actually, thank you for asking, because tonight I did something kind of, uh, a little bit more, like, helpful. Like, the entire time we've been doing Pie Factory Podcast, which is going on, wow, it's going to be, it's five and a half years so far. Wow. And the entire time, in fact, even beyond the entire time we've been doing this podcast, I have had a second monitor at my disposal, and I'm finally actually using it as we record, so I can have the recording on one monitor so I can make sure that it doesn't suddenly stop. Mm-hmm. And I have my notes on another monitor and my Ooh. email on that same monitor. So it's like I'm finally moving into like somewhat preparedness in terms of podcasting. Podcasting. Yeah. And um, as for me, oh, goodness, it's been it's this is what happens when you only record every month now. Is that a lot happens. Like, I think I might have made two trips to Underground Retrocade since our last recording. Mm-hmm. And the second to the last one, it was uh, the day before my birthday, actually. I threw my bike in the car so I could check out the uh, Fox River Trail. Mm-hmm. And I got there late as it was because I left home an hour later than I thought it was going to be. Traffic was freaking insane. So, mm-hmm. really, this many people are driving at two o'clock on a Friday? But yeah, I got there really late. And then when I got my bike out and I, I attached the, I had to uh, actually take the front wheel off to fit it in the, in the car. Mm-hmm. And when I put the front wheel back on, it wouldn't spin. And I don't know much about bike repairs and stuff. So I'm like, oh, crap. And I tried futzing with, um, it was basically the, the brake was locking to one side and forcing the wheel to not move. Mm hmm. I had adjusted the brakes a long time ago once, so I tried to remember how to do that. And I think I made it worse. And oh I reached out to our friend Keith, because he lived like, well, still does live like a mile away. And I was like, do you know anything about bike repair, bike guy, Chicago? And he said, not really. He's like, yeah, I can't help you with brakes. Like, nah. But he told me about a bike repair shop that was mm-hmm. just like a block or two away. So I went there and after spending an hour, an hour and a half trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with my bike. I dragged it over there and the guy spent like five minutes. He's like, here you go. I was like, woohoo. That's the nice thing about the Fox River Trail. Every, yeah. in several of the main communities, there's like a bike shop, like right on the trail. 
Yeah, so I I only went five miles because I also wanted to go to Underground Retrocade, and I wanted mm-hmm. to maximize my time. On weekdays, like uh, uh, many other arcades, uh, Underground Retrocade doesn't open until, like I think, like four or five. Mm-hmm. So I was already cutting into my time, so I was like, oh, man, I want to play some games. Plus, you don't want to smell stinky. Yeah, that's that's very true. I brought a change of clothes and a and some deodorant and stuff, and uh, I did find a, a washroom in downtown West Dundee where I could like do a quick change. So mm-hmm. that helped. And um, yeah, I I went five miles north and then five miles back simply because I just didn't really have time, and mm-hmm. uh, I had to dodge deers. That really? that was weird. Yeah, that does not surprise me along that trail. It's like, yeah, it's like I can't really go full speed because what if I collide? Because I actually did have an incident with a deer back when I lived in New Jersey. I oh, mean, really? Yeah, caused twelve hundred dollars worth of damage to my car, of which I had to pay five hundred. But uh, I was only going like twenty miles an hour, and I slowed. I stopped when I saw the deer in the road, and it looked at me, and then it walked away, and so I started going ahead, and then it decided to double back and ram into me. And the damn thing, did, it didn't even die. It didn't die. It rammed into your car? It rammed into my car as I was just starting to pull away, and then it ran away. I was like, you sneer. I thought you were talking on the trail. No, no. Okay. Oh, I was saying I was like say back on the trail, Jersey. I've only ever had to d- dodge geese, and geese are evil. No, the trail, I had to, I, I had to like, like three, I think, going north, and then three again on the way back. And one of them gave me a dirty look, too. And I was like, what's your, dude, it's like. We're all supposed to live like peace we're all love, supposed to go habitate, yep. you know. Yeah, just let me just let me go through this trail, okay? I'll be out of your face in a moment. And what really what was really annoying me though is that uh, when you're still like in East Dundee, there's a stop sign like every five feet yeah. because the roads cut right through the trail. They didn't build the trail so that it goes over or or under the ro- the road. To be fair, it's on an old interurban rail line. Oh, I was wondering about that. I did not know that. Yeah, I was wondering if that inter- was the case. It's an old interurban line that went, I think, all the way down to like Oswego at one time. Oh, wow. Maybe not quite that far south, but uh, yeah, it's an old interurban line. Especially, uh, you can especially tell that in uh, St. Charles. Because um, <clears throat> if you ride that part of the trail, it's really going to be quite obvious. Hmm. But um, okay. yeah, yeah, a lot of these uh, bike trails are built on old interurban or old rail lines. Yeah, rails to trails. Yep. And uh, the uh, the DuPage Prairie Path is, I believe, the first rails to trail in the world. Oh wow, interesting! It was built in the '60s. So yeah, and uh, so did five miles up, five miles back. Changed clothes, had some pizza at Woodfire Pizza, which is awesome. They have amazing pizza. Oh, and then I went to Underground Retrocade, and I played a few rounds of Buster Brothers because D. Alex, one of our patreon sponsors was holding a little contest and uh mm-hmm. he awarded the top three people with uh passes to underground retrocade i i got uh um wait retro- over- underground retrocade has buster brothers yeah yeah they just they got it not too long ago they've had oh, it for, okay. for about a month or two okay it's in a uh, neo geo cabinet right oh, now Oh, okay gotcha gotcha it was there when you were there actually in fact yeah you might not have noticed it I scored like something like three hundred and some thousand, and nice. that was enough to push me in third place. So I got a, I got one free um, pass. And such uh, a fun game! It, it really, it's okay. It's a fun game. We already talked about this episode yeah. or this this game, but it's a fun game. But the thing is, when you get so far in it and you lose all your lives, you don't want to start over from the beginning. No, you know, it's it's like ah. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I can't wait to get my prize. I, th- I think uh, Tim Vanderkolk got the fir- got first prize, which mm-hmm. I think was three passes. And he, I, D. Alex, he didn't post the scores yet, but I looked on Orcade.com, and he got like two million or something. It's like yikes! Yeah, uh, Buster Brothers is episode sixty-seven for those uh, keeping score. Ah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, our, when when our revamped website goes live, it's actually going to have an index of games that we talked about with uh, episode numbers and stuff for quick nice. look up for people who haven't heard all of our episodes or or just picky and choosy. Um, and I just for no other reason, I decided hmm, let's see how I can do on Junior Pac Man Turbo. Now, my high score in Junior Pac Man Turbo is like in the range of one point two million, and. I did it again, but I missed my personal best by 6,000 points. Oh, no. But I had the wisdom to uh, record it for Twin Galaxies, and I asked Scott to uh, like help me like record the insides of the game, mm-hmm. like the dip switches and things, so it could be validated. And so I'm like, yeah, because uh, last time I got this on the uh, the high score in Twin Galaxies, the the world record, essentially, it was really chintzy, like 500 and some thousand. So this will put me over for sure. So I submit the video and I realized, wait a minute, some other jerk. Well, no, I don't want to say jerk, but some other guy got 2.4 million at some time since I got my 500 and some thousand. So I was bumped down to third place. Oh boy. And my new, and the score that I got on video on uh, last Friday night put me in second place. So there we go. Well, that's something. So that's, so now I got to go back and try to beat 2.4. And the thing is like, I messaged the guy who got the 2.4 million. I said, Hey, where did you, uh, where were you when you got that score? Because it wasn't specified in the video or anything or in the conversation thread. And he responded back to me. He said, well, it's uh, it's an arcade about an hour South of me. I forgot where in Michigan he said, but judging from what he said, I'm guessing it's an arcade that's simply called the arcade. They're on uh, Facebook, and I look through their pictures. It looks real. They look like they have a really awesome place up there. I hope I. It's mm-hmm. uh, outside of Ann Arbor. I hope to get out there sometime. Um, and uh, the guy told me that they actually have two Junior Pac-Man Turbo machines there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And they, they have an entry in Orcade.com, but uh, there was a disclaimer saying that this is probably an out-of-date listing. We're constantly updating our games, so this might not reflect what we actually have out on the floor right now. So it's like, okay, that's why I couldn't find Junior Pac-Man Turbo on here. Like, I was like, wait, was it? Might he have gone to the pizza place in Valparaiso that has it? Mm-hmm. But no. So yeah, that was uh, then. And um, um, I had a birthday the next day. Yay. And then that Monday, there was a company meeting telling us that there were going to be layoffs. So happy birthday, uh, Sean. And then Thursday morning, I found out that I was not getting laid off. Yay. So yay. I mean, mean, we didn't get hit too hard, but the people we got, we lost, they were pretty huge losses for us. So yeah, I couldn't concentrate at work. In fact, a lot, like a lot of the higher ups told us, look, we understand if you can't concentrate, you can't really get anything done. We totally understand. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll regroup and, you know, so that was pretty cool at least. And oh, the bigger, the, the news that I am most proud of, hmm. it's not about me, but it's about you. Oh, you finally saw Birdemic. At this price, everyone can afford solar power for their home or businesses. Yes, I did. I saw the Rift Tracks version. Yeah, well, what else, what other version is there? The Unrift Tracks version. <laughs> oh, I'm yes. so glad that you finally saw that. I am, yeah, that it was, that uh, was a free must. on uh, free on the Tubi app. Oh, really? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it, I don't know if it still is, but when I saw it, it was free on Amazon Prime. I think they rotate what's free and what's not free on Amazon Prime. I am loving Rift Tracks. My only problem with Rift Tracks is there's, they have such a huge catalog that there's a more of a kind of a, a hit or not hit or miss. What's the word? So, some episodes are decidedly a lot better than others. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's, that's, there's a lot more uh, to really search for to through to get uh, get some good episodes but when they're on man they're really on like the birdemic episode i've brought <laughs> didn't up need to do much with that though no no um then uh, cool as ice is one of my favorite ones i still have to watch that oh I god bought, that's I great i bought it so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to watch and it of course you saw the out. this is hormel episode yeah and i don't remember if i mentioned this before in this podcast but yeah this is hormel i gotta tell you i cannot foresee a time when i become vegetarian but if I ever do decide, all I got to do is watch This Is Hormel. If there's anything that'll turn you veggie, it's that. Picnic boning. so, so disturbing. Oh, it's man. It's the automatic scaling line. We're sorting out some hems. Anybody who hasn't seen the, seen the Rift Tracks live version of Birdemic, you have to see it. Oh, God, it. that's great. But before you do, you might want to watch the shorts that are before the Rift Tracks live version of Manos, just for a little bit of context, because they show a couple of more shorts uh, with Birdemic, but they're kind of sequels in a way, so you kind of have to watch the other shorts. But they're Ooh. worth it. They're really worth it. How long has it been since you've tried prunes? You don't know what you're missing. Why don't you find out? The MST3K reunion show was really good. I liked that oh, one. Oh, really? A lot. I yes, did not the, catch uh, that. The best shorts were the one was the one with uh, TV's Frank and uh, Trace Beaulieu, and the one with uh, Mary Jo Peel and uh, Bridget Nelson. There was a great <laughs> joke when uh, they uh, the Rift Tracks guys, you know, Mike Nelson, Kevin Murf- Murphy, and um, uh, Bill Corbett. Mary Jo Peel and Bridget Nelson came. Uh, uh, came on stage and Mike Nelson was like uh, talking to Bridget. Goes, you know, we were talking backstage, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, aren't you married to me? <laughs> I just died laughing with that the way he delivered it. It was like one of those, you know, one of those uh, throwaway things that uh, you know, like Johnny Carson is like, you know, we talked backstage, you know, sort of things. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. That was, the, the MST3K reunion show was pretty good. Surprisingly, the worst short on that one was the one with Joel and um, Jonah Ray. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, hmm. I mean, it still wasn't bad, but um, oh god, what was the the one? I can't can't remember the one that Mary Jo and uh, Bridget did, but it was uh, it was some like this one woman's goes over to this other woman's house for coffee and. Uh, the, the one that goes over is jealous of all of her modern kitchen conveniences. And yeah. uh, and the uh, the husband of the, the visiting woman is played by uh, the father from A Christmas Story. Um, Gavin McLeod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not Gavin McLeod. Or Darren uh, McGavin. Darren, no. Uh, Darren Gavin. Uh, what the hell is his name? It's it's something Gavin. Uh, he was also uh, Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Well, he wasn't oh, the really? Night Stalker. It was, was Darren Kolchak. McGavin. Darren McGavin. Darren McGavin, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, oh God, as you can imagine, that one was, uh, that one was pretty good. So check it out. Rift Tracks is very underrated, I think. Yeah. And they just had a massive, they had a huge sale recently and I, and I used it to all the time. Yeah. And I, I bought, uh, their version of, uh, Reefer Madness and, uh, and they also had a shorts DVD for free for if you ordered like a minute. So I got that and the, the whole package cost me like 10 bucks, like after the, the discount and I had like 87 cents from a gift card. So, oh, they had this one. 
It wasn't one of their better episodes, but I got some chuckles from it. It was about maps, so of course I had to get it. It's an educational short subject. It was filmed in West Dundee. <laughs> so that was awesome. Hmm. In fact, I think I asked uh, asked uh, Scott up uh, up at Underground Retrocade if he was familiar with some of the places in the shore. <laughs> so that was funny. Huh. Um, so, yeah. So what uh, what about you? What about you? I my work schedule's really been tough. It's been tough to like get any time to like do anything. The only time I'll really ever be able to get to like any arcades it'd be on the weekends, and that's well, yeah. a, a maybe at this point. Uh, Used to be, I could probably go in the evenings if I wanted to, but um, oh, by the way, I took last Friday off, which is why I was able to get to uh, West Dundee so early in the ah, day. So I haven't been playing many arcade games. I haven't been playing the ones that we were talking about tonight, though, and um, I've been playing the Intellivision. Oh yeah, do tell. Oh, one more thing, I did get another Atari seventy eight hundred homebrew called Go Sub, but I haven't played it yet, so uh-huh. I can't really comment on it yet, but. Uh, I finally got my Tron Deadly Discs. Oh, good, good. Only yeah, like that's two, right. two and a half months late. That's what, don't send that crap out media mail. You're not supposed to anyway, according to the postal investigator. I had to open up a, a ticket with postal investigators twice to find out what happened to it. Mm. But I also got, uh, what was the, uh, I've got the Major League Baseball, but there was a later baseball title when it was under uh, NTV. And um, I got that Air one. Route. Uh, and uh the later one again i can't think of the name of it um it's like world championship baseball or something i think it is in fact you know what it's right here hold on that's cute i got i think the word world is in it somewhere oh yeah that's awesome where did the baseball one go oh there it is no ah damn it world champion game World Championship Baseball. Aha. Yeah, so it's called, damn it, World Championship <laughs> I would play a base- I'd play a sports game <laughs> if it was called, damn it, something. <laughs> but uh, that one gets, it's like the first two-player baseball game on the Intellivision. Or, I'm sorry, first single-player baseball game. But um, the AI is, like, really whack in a way. In, and it's, it, the keypad layout makes sense. It uses this, it can, you could use the same uh, overlays from the world uh, major league baseball um because uh-huh. it maps the same but the thing is it still takes a while to get used to the uh, the controls i mean yeah the overlays make sense but it's it's just you got to work on your reaction time is all but yeah. uh, after a while i was having some fun with it i was being able to and never enough time to like play a full game but uh just a few times i've been able to trounce the uh enemy the uh enemy <laughs> the ai uh, <laughs> the ai handily by like 20 20 runs by the third inning well if one of the team if the other team played by the ai is the cardinals and of course it's the enemy well that is true curse in that game i think you do play the blue player so oh so you're the cubs yeah so yeah so i've been playing but having some fun with that every now and then i'm looking online for like um different games to order but uh there was one, I was just watching uh, the No Swear Gamer on YouTube, and um, we need to get Phil back on the show sometime. Oh, God, it's I, been so a, long. He's a great guest. He's really, yeah, he really ser- is. Seriously, he, I got it. He's one of the nicest people, one of the most generous people I've ever encountered. Oh, he's a great guy. In this he crazy really world. I, I really have tremendous respect and awe for him. Oh, I, as I do. Aw. Um, 
But he was talking, what in television game was he was just talking about? It was, um, oh, Diner. Yeah, I was just watching that oh, yeah. one today. I got, and, I got to see that. And um, it's like 50 bucks for a loose car, uh, copy. Wow. Of and uh, complete is like 90 and new, new in box is like 110. It's probably worth it just to get a multi-cart. Then. The Tron Deadly Discs I have was like 20 bucks. Really? Uh, brand new in box. But I think it was a later release given the uh, color of the label. It was just white and it said Tron Deadly Discs on it without the Tron logo. Yeah, I'd like the 2600 version, but I know the Intellivision version has more. Yeah, it, it has a little more, not too much more. There is a scene where the recognizer comes in and fills in the holes in the side of the uh, the arena. And uh, you can blast the uh, the recognizer away when the eye on the top turns white for like 5,000 points. But I think that's the only real main difference. Oh, well, of course. I mean, you don't use the uh, the, the side buttons at all. You fire using the keypad. That's I'll got... use the side buttons all I want. Well. But Tell so... me what to do, boyo. But uh, so it's kind of Robotronish in a way. So be... Hold it. Hold it. Oh, God. All right, there we go. <laughs> oh, speaking of the No Swear Gamer and Robotron, I was just the other day <laughs> listening to the episode we were on of his 7800 Game by Game podcast, oh, The Draft, yeah. and uh, I got the uh, This Week in Robotron <laughs> Achievement. <laughs> 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 so, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. Um, it's a little awkward. I think I like the 2600 version a, uh, a bit better, but... I got to do something about the controllers because they just, they're just not good. They're not, they don't, they don't do it for me. <laughs> very few games I think they really, really work well with. I tell you, you got to get those things that you stick on the, on the little discs that turn them into joysticks. They work, they work surprisingly well. I've been looking for those and I can't find them. I think somebody like makes them now. Really? Like makes newer versions of those. I don't know who because, well, I don't have an Intellivision. I have to look into that because those, those controllers are just bad. And I think, and I don't think so much in many cases. I don't think it's so much the controller as it is the way the game is programmed, too. Though, so yeah, I mean, I got to look into that. But overall, I like the Intellivision. I just think there's some flaws with it to keep it yeah. keeps it from being really a great system. The biggest flaw with the system is the fact that, with, especially with the first model, is that you cannot detach. The controllers, unless you uh, crack the system open, which was a huge mistake on Mattel's part. But hmm. you know what you're gonna do? It's yeah, get a time machine, go back and tell them, "Don't do this." Yeah, cars. I think we'd yell at all three of the major video game companies back then about their controllers. Oh, that is so true. Yeah. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, oh yeah, they had a. I I just downloaded it today. I haven't played it yet, but uh, uh, humblebundle.com has. Uh, a bundle of Cinemaware games for like uh, from from like the first five years of the company's existence for like ten really? bucks. Huh. So I picked that up and I'm gonna have to try to start playing some of that. But uh, Cinemaware, than, that is Cinemaware. Yeah. yeah, is that like Defender of the Crown in those those games? Yeah, that's one of them that's included in it. The, in fact, I, oh yeah, I have it. That, that I've never played. It came from the desert. Oh yeah. I don't Was think the three, the, they probably didn't have the three stooges. I'm guessing the three stooges was not in that bundle. Right. Yeah. Cause I think they always have a hard time getting the rights to that. Yeah. And from what I've little, I've played of it. It's really not a great game. Oh, I like it. I, it, for me, it's mediocre at best, but should we add the three stooges to our episode list? I think we should, we should put it on our to do list. 
because yeah, we 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 are pretty like anemic in terms of Gottlieb and Rat Slime games. Uh huh. Yeah, they had a couple of. Uh, did, we need. They have. They had a. I should add Mach three too. Because hmm. they had those were uh, both. Uh, or Mach three was a laser disc game, and we should probably talk about that one. And while you're doing that, I'll say more about me. Um, during well, the last. The period of the last couple um, episodes, my wife got me into uh, Parks and Rec, so I'm like splurging yeah. on Parks and Rec lately, and yeah, yeah, I just don't really have the time to watch TV these days. It's like I wake up like Jim, you need to mow the lawn or whatever, and so it's like I have really little time for myself, so I try to sleep in as much as possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, with your work hours, you should like really adjust your sh- your sleep schedule. My sleep. I should adjust my schlinging, schlinging a schlong, as uh, Vanilla Ice says. Yeah. Well, that was awkward. All righty. So, um, God, way too many Vanilla Ice references for comfort. Yep. yep. Oh, I, I really hate to make things all about <laughs> me. But yeah. uh, can we uh, open up uh, Sean's drinking arena? I was wondering if you were going to do that tonight. So, yeah, let's do yeah. that. Okay. So, for today on Sean's drinking arena, I well, I will show those who are watching, which is just uh, you. Uh, what I have, I don't believe, did I talk about this already in a previous installment? Mm, I don't know. I know. I think the cinema snob actually, uh, tried some of that at once. Okay. Oh, well, we're, what uh, we're discussing by the way, uh, gentlemen and ladies, uh, is rocket fizz's butter soda with, and something I, I last, last one I did was that, uh, uh, cucumber, uh, soda. Yes. And I, the reason that it tasted surprisingly good is because it had a crap ton of sugar in it. So uh, that might be, and I have a feeling this is going to be the, the case here. So, uh, hey, hide, yeah. can, hide, hide. Can we drop in the everyone knows it's butters from South Park? Oh, good grief. Everyone knows it's butters. That's me. Yeah. Hopefully uh, Matt and Trey uh, don't uh, sue us for that. Uh, oh, I still got to watch. Yeah. Our, we've been having wacky cable situations here, so I have not seen the new South Parks yet. Uh, I haven't long either. Long story short, we watch TV through our TiVo and our TiVo is no longer cooperating with our cable card. So we're, we're actually thinking of cutting the cable altogether. Uh, we actually went out and got an HD antenna today, but uh, anyway, I'm going to try this butter soda. It's not a, Lex- a Lester's Fixins drink, but still. Hmm. Hmm. It kind of tastes a little butterscotchy, heavy on the butter part of it. Okay. It's not bad. Not bad. I can see a butterscotch. Yeah, butterscotch soda actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I did have a backup drink just in case the stuff was so disgusting that I needed to get rid of it and wash it down with another drink, but I don't need the backup drink. Oh, what was the backup? The backup, I don't know if I would have featured in this segment, but it was it's something I'd seen before, but I figured, now oh, I might as well finally just try it, just to say I did. Uh, it's called Banana Nut Soda, and it Ooh. has the monkeys on it, Ooh, as in the 60s... The actors that turned into an actual band the monkeys the, the prefab yep. four yep yep it's it has got a picture of them from the daydream believer uh film that they recorded here in chicago uh way back when so by the way fun fact those of you who, uh, who've uh, watched the monkeys and you've seen like how like at the end of some of the shows in the second season they were uh you know lip syncing to uh, their songs in this room with rainbow stripes all over it those things were recorded in chicago at Fred Niles Film Studio, which later became Harpo Studios, oh. which is now McDonald's headquarters, I believe, which yeah, is, is, by the way, under, uh, is for sale now, and they already have a buyer. Wait, 
The McDonald's headquarters is the you yep. mean in Oak Brook? No, no. The new McDonald's they headquarters. Moved. The, they moved, the new they headquarters. Moved from, they moved from Oak Brook to Chicago. I know that. And they're moving again already. Already? I don't know if I don't know where they're moving, but yeah, they just put this the building wow. up for sale. I think on That's Friday, weird. and it's already they already got a buyer. Huh. That's weird. Actually, I had a interest uh, soda today. Uh, it's a brand new flavor of Crush. Uh, oh, really? Watermelon. Re- how? How? Hmm. It's. I like it a lot. You. I, no. Of course, I like watermelon. I'll give it a try. A, I suppose it's. It's really good. It has a nice flavor to it, and I could see making a float out of it. Put a scoop of ice cream in it. I bet that's really good. Oh yeah, and I think on the way home, I broke a like when I put my bike back in the car i think i broke a spoke but there is a spoke broken on my back wheel because i i rode my bike for the first time yesterday since i've been to underground retrocade and Mm -hmm. it felt like i was being shimmied back and forth i thought it was the front wheel then i looked and i noticed that the back wheel was really wobbling back i was like oh man and then i felt around yep there's a broken spoke so yay me anyway (laughs) take the broken spoke off the wheel take it to i don't know wherever you go to get your parts they'll make you a new spoke for i don't know a buck or two and get what uh, there's a spoke tightener tool that's I have, a, like. I, have a, I have one of those multi tools that includes a, a spoke tightener. Okay, good. You could get a specific one. It's only like it's only a couple of bucks. It's an easy repair. Can do yourself. Yeah, might take some practice truing uh, well, yeah, the wheel. I but hate truing the wheel. Yeah. I really do. I just pay some. I just it's like here, here's twenty bucks. You do this for me. Fix the spoke. True it. Yeah, I. All right. Why is it called truing instead of balancing? Probably because it's something you did to anger God, Tommy. I don't know. But um, a few years ago, I did a bike ride downstate and uh, had a couple of spokes bust on my bicycle. And uh, the ride was actually during the remnants of a hurricane, too. So mm. that was fun. Yeah, Illinois but yeah the butter, get... butter soda, it's, it's nice. It's very good. I, I have no regrets, but it's, a pretty, it's pretty decent. Would you put it on toast? Um, probably not because the toast would get all soggy and it probably uh, wouldn't stay on that's toast. True. Cool. Awesome. So I th- with that, we should close the door. Or, or what, what What was the one thing you used to say? Put it in the blender and hit frappe. Or something. Something like that. Yeah. Or no, hit liquefy. That's what it was. So uh, on Sean's drinking arena. Yeah. How about a dender and a rata? Do we have any of that? Not that I know of. Do you know? Yeah, I, I, I do not personally. We have an email from Eugenio, but we're saving that again. Yeah, because he's, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to spoil things, so. So we'll save it for later in the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, shall we get to the meat of the episode? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. All righty. So um, which uh, which game you want to you know, go for uh, what, first? What, wasn't I, didn't I decide like the last two or three? Why don't you uh, do the honors? All right. Well, you know what? Let's, ta- let's do this then. Let's let's talk about Raiden. Raiden. Okay. Raiden. Okay. So Raiden. Woo-hoo. It's uh, from April of 1990 by Cebu Kaihatsu Incorporated. All right, now I have to look for this. There's a episode of Veggie Tales where Larry sings a song about a Cebu. So let's see if I can't find that him. Hmm. Uh, if I, you can, send it over to Hyde. Yeah, yeah Hyde put it in. But yeah, it's a two two player simultaneous uh, game. It's, yeah, it's a joystick. You got two buttons: one that fires your guns, and one that fires your bombs. I like your nuclear weapons. Um, it's a uh, top-down shooter, vertically scrolling, and uh, the name Raiden ref- uh, translates from Japanese as "thunder and lightning." Ooh! So that's pretty cool, which makes kind of makes sense in uh, regards to our theme. <laughs> Allergy season, folks. Ooh. It's also the name of a Japanese World War One fighter, the Mitsubishi J2M Raiden. 
Now, it was licensed to Fabtech for U.S. distribution, to Liang HWA Electronics for Taiwan distribution, and blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. Um, oh, that's stuff that actually should be in the trivia section. Oh, so do trivia now. Uh, Pony Canyon slash Cytron limit released a uh, a soundtrack album for the game in uh, May of 1990. So there you go. So, so oh, yeah, man, you, we should we should like put together like a list of uh, video games that have soundtrack albums. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's that? That one that one newish game that came out a few years ago. Oh, Cuphead. That yeah. has a soundtrack album that's out on really? like yeah, I think it's out on seventy. It's on like old style seventy eight vinyl. Oh, wow. So, yeah, Right End plays a lot like a very, very souped-up version of Xevious, uh, in a way. It's uh, faster-paced and a um, lot more going on. And the thing that uh, that differentiates Right End from, say, games that came before is its selection of power-ups. Uh, I don't know if... Well, I can't say I don't know, but uh, the thing with Right End is it had some really awesome power-ups. Every now and then a red... Uh, There'd be like this enemy that pops up. It's got kind of like a half circle uh, hole on it. And it's like tan in color. If you shoot that, if you destroy that, then uh, one of several different uh, power-ups will come up out of it. It can also come up out of uh, crates that are on the ground. And um, if it's a red square, it'll give you, it'll add uh, firepower to your uh, bullets. If it's a blue square, it'll give you laser firepower. And you can stack these like five, six times and... uh, I especially love just the regular bullets on five six because you get a nice spread of bullets that 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 uh, cover the entire screen. Oh, one thing I did forget to mention: uh, the screen does, while it's constantly scrolling up and down. If you move your shift to the left or the right, it'll scroll to the left or the right just a little. It'll scroll the screen to the left or the right a little bit. The actual play area is about one and a half screens uh, long, or wide, I should say rather. If an M comes out of one of the ships, it'll give you a missile. That will, you know, hit targets. And if it's an H, it'll give you a homing missile, which is what I try to get. And again, the missiles also stack uh, several times. I don't think they stack as much as the uh, the shooting weapons go. Sometimes a one-up will come out. Uh, sometimes a, a letter P will come out and fly across the screen. And if you catch that, it'll actually give you, automatically give you the, uh, I believe, the homing missile and the, uh, the gun power-ups, uh, which is awesome. Uh, if you get a B, it'll increase your nuclear bombs by one. You start, I think, with three, and you can earn them by uh, by picking those up. Every now and then, it'll give you a medal. It'll give you, you know, like 300 points. There'll be like a little blue dragon come out. His name is Miklas. He's Saibu Kaihatsu's dragon mascot, and uh, he'll give you 3,000 points. And every now and then, a little fairy will come out, and whoever gets it gets 10,000 points and will restore all your powers if you lose a life. Now, the game has got sequels up the wazoo. First one is Raiden 2, or Raiden, Raiden, however you pronounce it, Raiden DX. Um, if you're talking specifically about the Japanese word, it is Raiden. It is Raiden, okay. Uh, let's see, Raiden DX, Raiden 2 New, Raiden Fighters, Raiden Fighters 2, Raiden Fighters Jet, Raiden Fighters 2 2000 Operation Helldive, Raiden 3, Raiden 4, and Raiden 5, which was on the Xbox One in 2016. This was ported all over for the, um, the third-tier systems like uh, the PC Engine or the TurboGrafx, uh, the Mega Drive or the Genesis, the Super Nintendo. Now, some of them were called Raiden Trad or Raiden uh, Zensetsu. Uh, the PC Engine got a CD of Super Raiden. Uh, it was on the Jaguar. 
There was the write-in project on the PlayStation. There was it was on the Lynx. Now I don't think it was ever actually officially released on the Lynx. I do remember seeing it and listed in a catalog, but I think uh, Songbird Productions got a hold of the prototype and actually released it. And uh, it looks like it was on another one of the PlayStations in the Major Wave series. It was as far as computers. It was on the FM Towns PC and also for MS DOS. And um, you could also get write-in legacy on the Android phones or uh, Apple phones. So there you go. Indeed. And uh, I've already did the trivia section, so there's no real reason to read any of that again. So, uh, yeah, just glossing things over. That's The thing with a game like this, again, this is another one of those games where it's like really pointless to talk about the scoring because there's just so many enemies and so much coming at you that it, it really just is... Well, as I said, pointless. So there you go. There you uh, go. Wow, I am stuck. I just read all of my notes on this game, and I know there's more that I missed. Oh, yes, I wanted to oh. read. Uh, I forgot. I have the um, the operation manual. I guess there was a conversion kit available for it. Huh. it as I said, in the U.S., it was released by Fabtech. I wanted to re- read this. <clears throat> Video game operator, don't get involved in a federal crime. Don't buy or operate <laughs> copy or unauthorized boards in your games. Oh, Warning, boy. every operator who buys or operates a counterfeit or unauthorized board, imported or domestic, is contributing to the end of our industry and committing a <laughs> federal crime. New criminal That's laws awesome. have recently been enacted that provide for maximum penalties of $250,000 or five years in prison or both per offense. Each game is a separate offense. Don't get involved in this criminal act. Then it has the FBI warning that you see on DVDs. <laughs> if you have any information about any unauthorized games in the United States, contact your local FBI or the American Amusement Machine Association, 205 The Strand, Suite 5, Alexandria, Virginia, 703-548-8044. All information will be treated in confidence. So, <laughs> I I I, I, wow. got a, I got a huge kick out of that. It just kind of makes me think think about how an underground retrocade on the Mister Do machine mm-hmm. on the marquee. It's it, there's like small print that says licensor reserves the right to inspect this machine anytime. Oh jeez, the, <laughs> the thing I loved about this copy is the word federal crime is bolded. Yep. Uh, italicized and underlined. <laughs> oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember that from Amazon Women on the Moon. <laughs> the oh, I, video- I haven't seen that yet. Oh, God, that's a great movie. That was in the video pirate section, where literal pirates are uh, are hauling aboard uh, copies of uh, copied uh, VHS tapes. That was awesome. So, <laughs> yes, Fabtech, I will make sure I don't copy this. Uh, yeah. So... That's the basis of the game. Um, I really like the music in this game, and uh, the graphics are top-notch. Uh, I especially like some of the parallax scrolling that you see in uh, like in the second sequence, or the second, uh, what do they call it, round of the game, where it's like you got the, the, bottom, you know, the, the bottom stuff scrolling at its normal pace, but then something comes higher in the air, closer to your jet, and it flies by at a faster pace, and... Uh, a lot of it's a really good fast action shooter. I would, I classify this as really bullet hell shooters had been around before this game came out, but I think this is really where the bullet hell shooter really kind of took off. It's not as bad as some of the games that are around, like uh, uh, what was the one they have it at the Galloping Ghost? It was released on the game Ikaruga. Ikaruga, you want to talk about bullet hell? Holy cow, that one's a bullet hell shooter, and it's got a that one's got a thing where um. 
you got your shooting button, but you also have a button which changes the color of your ship. And um, if you change your color ship to white, your shots only affect white enemies. If you change it hmm. to black, your your shots only hit affect black enemies or something like that. It's like kind of a weird thing. It's a fun game, but, but that's really... It's interesting, but, uh, but that's a different game altogether. And, oh. um, but yeah, right. And like I said, I think that's where the, this is where the bullet hells really started, or at least where they gained notoriety at the very least. Probably. It, and, Probably. Uh, like I said, it's a very, very, very souped up version of the Xevious formula. And, um, I really like this game. Uh, this is one of my favorites of the, of the nineties, I have to say. Hmm. I, th- I thought it was close. It, it gave me more remembrances of 1942 and those kind of games myself. Well, it was kind of a mashup, really, of Xevious and of 1942. There was, I like, in the that. third round, there's actually a sequence where it's, like, over water, and you're destroying uh, enemy uh, water targets. And I actually got a 1942 feel with that. So, yeah, it's, it's a mashup of the two games. And, uh hmm. Wow, I am not. I am not prepared. <laughs> oh, How's that different from any of the previous hundred and fifteen episodes? Even less so this time. <laughs> and by the way, same goes for this guy too. By the way, you you generally do better research than I do. <laughs> no, I just get luckier. That's all. But yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I got, I gotta say, I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed Ride In when I played it. Uh, uh-huh. uh yeah, yeah, okay, this confirms that I definitely have been to Underground Retrocade twice since our last episode because I remember playing it at Underground Retrocade. In fact, that's the first time I ever played it was to uh, research for this episode. Since but when you- I went back, uh, last week, uh-huh. I didn't have the slightest urge to play it at all, though. <laughs> Uh, as long as you mentioned the first place you played, the first place I ever played it was at yes. the um, Haunted Trails uh, oh. Family Amusement Center in, uh, was that Joliet there or was that Crest Hill? I don't know. It, it was down the street from where we lived at the time. Yeah, it's... Several uh, miles down the street, but still down the street nonetheless. You just iffy. basically it's, step it's, out your front door and you turn right. It's like right on the border between Joliet and Crest Hill. Yeah. It's yeah. like right in that area. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's the first place I ever played it in... Uh, I don't play it when I go to the arcade all the time. Oh, it's but, ju- uh, it's considered Joliet, by the way. It is Joliet. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like the game. I liked it. I don't know if I necessarily loved it, but I was thinking, you know, this is this is not a bad game. I mean, it's a little bit bullet helly, but you can kind of figure out how to avoid how to dodge the bullets. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that bad. It really isn't. Uh, I found the secret with uh, with bullet hell type games is um, just keep tapping your shoot button. Your, your firing button, and just concentrate on dodging bullets. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much the way to get through those games. That's how I was able to that's get... A, that's a good idea, yeah. Fairly far with right End. The thing that sets right End apart from other games of this ilk is its power-ups. As I, I like said, the power-ups, yeah. The power-ups are what draw me in, and if you can yep. max out the red one, as I was saying before, it just the bullets go all over the screen, and it makes the game easier which really isn't saying a whole heck of a lot yeah but, right uh but it's so much it's what sucks you in try to get that as full up as you can and try to max out the homing missiles as much as you can and uh, you'll be set but uh yeah every now and then something i haven't noticed one thing one thing i haven't noticed with this game is anything in the way of like cheap deaths i think they're pretty much all you it's there's just so much coming at you that there's 
I guess, no way to process some of the stuff yeah. that happens to you. Uh, the boss characters are maybe a little harder than they should be, but uh, they're still not too bad. They're uh, not, yeah. I like how you could keep how you could pick up more of your uh, more of your big like nuclear bomb uh, weapons. Uh, those will help you out quite a bit on the boss characters. I did actually have this game on the Sega Genesis. Uh, I think you, didn't I show it to you at one time? If you did, I really don't remember. Yeah, it was because the I, thing is, it's not my kind of game. Right, so I probably, okay. if you did, I might not have really paid much attention to it. And I really, really enjoyed this on the Genesis. They really did a bang up job on this, in my opinion. So yeah, um, awesome. Yeah. So got any high scores? Uh, sure, I suppose. Uh, let me see. Uh, Orcade.com, A-U-R-C-A-D-E.com, actually has two separate tracks, one for single player, one for two players. And uh, for single player, it looks like uh, we got the, they have the highest score as being set by Mozzie's Hagopian, uh, uh-huh. who scored 1,196,660 at the Underground Retrocade. Ever hear of that place, Underground Retrocade? Um, does not ring a bell. Huh. And that was uh, November 10th, 2016. And the two-player record, according to Orcade.com, is held by Jamie Tibbetts and Mozzie Sogopian, who together scored 750,990. Again, at Underground Retrocade on January 10, 2015. It's it's weird. It seems that every time that we've had a game in which there was a two-player track, the two-player score is usually significantly lower than the single-player score. Well, I wonder if it's because maybe some of the games actually increase the difficulty. When you have multiple players. It might. It might. Uh, then you have your Twin Galaxies listing in which uh, Stephen Holmes has the top score, uh, uh-huh. beating both Mozzie and Jamie, and that's uh, 1,245,730, which was done fairly recently, July 2nd, 2019. That's single player. They do not track double player. And yeah. <laughs> Over to you, Jim. I was just looking at the, uh, the service manual here, and the... Where is it? Here it is. Nope, that's not it. That's it. Uh, joystick is made by Hap Controls in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Oh, and, really? Uh, they're still in business. They're known as Suzo Hap. So they're in Mount. Oh, they're in Mount Prospect. What did it say in the thing here? Rockabye Bay. Oh, it's Mount Prospect. Oh, Never it. mind. So uh, that was interesting. I and I and Hap. I, I, I'm whatever. So so one thing I noticed going through the manual here. And I don't know if we've addressed this before. We may have, but uh, the dip switch settings—they have things like you know you can set it for one coin, one play, two coins, one play, yeah, so on and so forth. I don't get this. They have a setting for one coin for six play. Yeah, I've seen that hap- that kind of thing happen before. Really? Yeah, I don't remember what company. What, there was a company from the early '80s that had. I don't know if it was Universal or, or was it Universal or, or Century. Which like one coin could give you seven plays or something. It's like whoa! I've I've never encountered that in my life though. I've never known a, a non-free play arcade operator to be that generous. Yeah, why? Unless you like rented out the game for like a birthday party or something, where the you know the, uh, the person that rented it, it's a cheapskate, but not that much of a cheapskate. Yeah. Uh, had that turned on, but I don't see any use for that. You know, one coin, two play, maybe. Maybe, but anything above that is just like pointless. And in and with like the one coin for one play or two coins for one play, same thing. I mean, after, it goes up to six coins for one play. Oh, six coins for one play. 
Yeah, it goes. No, well, it does both. One coin for oh, okay. six plays, or six coins right, for oh, one okay. coin. I was going to say. Both. Okay, I thought I misheard you. Okay. Uh, and then it's got like this weird two coins for three plays, three coins for two play, five coins for three play, or eight coins for three games. So maybe is that maybe just a uh, side effect of the programming or the dip switches? I don't mm-hmm. know, but uh, it's kind of weird. Wow. But uh, yeah. So or they they if you turn all the dip switches on, it goes to free play though. So. And you can set the difficulty, normal, easy, hard, or very hard. You can turn the continues on and off. Turn off the sound in the demo mode. So, not a whole lot in this uh, in this user manual. I love looking through these user manuals. <sighs> so, Sean, what are you going to rate this game? It's not what, I, what I'm going to rate it. I already rated it. I'm going to say three out of five. I mean, I mean, yeah, I said it's, it's actually an enjoyable game, but for me personally, I find myself... Like I, pl- I played a couple of games of it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm done with this game." Uh-huh. And when I went back to the retrocade, and I was upstairs where that game is, I, I did not have the slightest desire to play it. Don't they uh, have the, just, does, doesn't retrocade have uh, one or two of the right end sequels as well? I believe so. I, like, there's uh, right end fighters for sure. I think uh, I think okay. that's uh, Matt Burke's uh, favorite game over there. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure there's at least one sequel up there on the second floor. The post-crash floor. Well, it's not just post-crash, but also the Brian Cullen games are up there, too. Oh, by the way, uh, Suzo Hap uh, is actually having a overstock monitor sale. So, you know, go on in. I am not... I I already got rid of another monitor because I just there just wasn't enough room. Uh, yeah, I would love to have, like, eight monitors, but no. <laughs> what, do they, what do they sell for joysticks? I, I've never heard of these people. Oh, wow, they're reasonable. Ms. Pac-Man four-way joystick with one and a quarter inch red ball knob, $19.70. Black eight-way competition joystick, $11.95. Red one, $11. Heavy-duty eight-way joystick with one fire button, like on the uh, top of the joystick. Uh, oh, that's $195. Uh, Shows over at $230. <laughs> but most of, the stuff, of their stuff is actually pretty reasonably priced, with the exception of some of these analog ones with triggers. For those who want to build their own uh, their own uh, cabinets and uh, yeah, uh, ooh, an eleven inch magnetic screwdriver with four bits. Okay, no, but enough of that. But uh, it looks like they got everything for the home do it yourself. Um, yeah, do it your do it yourselfer. So anyway, <laughs> I'm rating the game a five. Ooh, this is wow. one of my favorite shooters. Uh, I think I like Xevious a little bit more, even though this is kind of like this, as I said, Xevious on steroids. But uh, yeah, there's just so much going on, and I'm always entertained when I play it. And like I said, the uh, the power ups just keep sucking me back in because it's it's very satisfying to spraying the screen with bullets or even lasers. I'm not as huge a fan of the laser power up, but it's uh, it's still got its uh, it's still got its uses. So yeah, mm-hmm. rating it a five. With that, so. shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Um, let's move on. So, what say Legend of Cage? No, I'm not going to say that. I said what say? What say? What say? What, what say? Well, what say incorrectly what say? because it is the Legend of Kage. 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 Oh. Kage. Kage. Kage, which, by the way, is Japanese for shadow. Ooh. And uh, the, leg- the Legend of Kage. Yeah, I, yeah, we were mispronouncing it last episode, but yeah. Uh, Legend of Kage was released in October 1985 by Taito, and uh, they distributed it worldwide in addition to just Japan. And yeah, it's Taito, not Taito. Um, it is Taito. Yeah. 
Yeah, because in Japan, they didn't have the vowel shift that uh, the English language had, so they're still Taito. Um, speaking of vowel shift, oh, man, I know what I'm doing as soon as we're done recording. Anyway, um, <laughs> it is a, uh, I, this, it's, uh, when the heck, oh, 1985. Interestingly, it was only released as a upright cabinet, no cabaret, no cocktail, no environmental, and uh, the control panel contains an ambidextrous eight-way joystick with two buttons. The inner buttons control your sword. The outer buttons control your star knives. That's what it says on the panel itself. Uh, interesting that the artwork on the control panel and the side art, the bezel, and the marquee, it's all kind of comic book-y. Mm-hmm. So that's um, it's fascinating. Um, but here is the story. You are in control of a character called Kage, and he is an Iga ninja. What is Iga? Well, thank you for asking there, dear listener. Ega or Ega. What is an Ega? What is an Ega? Well, I will tell you about that. Uh, Ega is a movie starring Arch Hall Jr. and uh, Richard Keel, uh, circa 1966, was it? Watch out for snakes. And uh, Arch Hall Jr.'s face is wrong. Sorry about uh, my face. And uh, let's see. Oh, wrong. Sorry. Uh, Hold on, I did the re- I did the wrong research. Hold on. Okay, Iga, I-G-A, also known as Iga Ryu, by the way. If you see R-Y-U in a Japanese word, it means school. So Iga really? Ryu means Iga school. And uh, that term refers to the ninjutsu and jujutsu, uh, jujutsu meaning magic. Uh, those two are traditions of ninja that come from the Iga region of Japan. And uh, that's why they it's called Iga ninja. And uh, for uh, geography buffs, uh, in case you didn't know, Iga is on Honshu, Honshu, pardon me, which is the largest of the Japanese islands. And uh, by the way, the Iga Ryu Ninja Museum is about 25 miles east of Osaka and about 25 miles southeast of Kyoto. Uh, so in case you're looking for all that. Uh, and anyway, the, at the beginning of the game, when the game starts, Princess Kiri, or Kirihime, who is the daughter of the Shogun, is kidnapped. She is kidnapped in the forest by a couple of henchmen of the warlord Yoshi and the samurai Yukinosuke, uh, pardon me, Yukinosuke Riko, uh, Silent U, I believe. And you have to go through five different stages of gameplay to rescue the princess. The first stage is the forest itself. It begins after she's kidnapped. It is a fight-and-go left stage. You move left, not right. And I'm about to have an uncomfortable burp. Excuse me. Oh, wow, that was a deep guttural one. Yeah, very uncomfortable. And my chair started rolling back. Anyway... And in this stage, well, actually in all stages, Kage is under constant enemy attack. And uh, he can defeat the enemies, which consist of Shinobi and Yobu ninjas, by the way. Or actually, no, the Yobu are monks, I believe. Yobo are, are monks, I believe. Uh, and he can uh, defeat them by throwing the aforementioned star knives, of which you have an unlimited supply, or by doing direct combat with the sword. And uh, all you need to do is just swipe the sword once and the enemy's dead. Uh, that is, you have to make contact with the enemy. It's not like you can stand 10 ah. feet away. You actually have to make direct contact with that sword on the enemy. Stabby, uh, stabby. 
And the other thing about the sword is uh, if you swipe your sword, it also uh, protects you from any projectiles that are shot at you. And uh, all right. Now, I apologize for opinionating here because, you know, we're supposed to just talk about games. But the, the forest in this game, in The Legend of Kaga, it's a pretty crappy forest, if you ask me. In fact, even oh. if you don't ask me, because there are hardly any trees. A forest is just jammed with trees. There are only like 10 trees in this forest. And there's way too much space in them. And too many ninjas jumping around. I know. And I, I got something to What's say about, about that? that, too. But uh, but anyway, the few trees that are there, you can climb up them and you can jump between them, too. Like, if you're climbing on a tree or if you're on a tree top, you can actually jump from one tree to the other. And you can fall all the way to the ground without getting killed as long as the uh, enemies don't attack you. And uh, you can also jump unrealistically high, uh, not just on this stage, but on the other stages, too. Uh, you can jump like 30 feet in the air, it seems. And something that I was reading about is that supposedly in this stage, you can pick up a book. And if you pick up that book, Kage is going to meditate, which at that point, all the enemies on the screen die. But I've never seen that. I've never seen a book when I played the game. Huh. And... Um, I never even, yeah, I never saw a book, so I never saw this meditation sequence. I've now, never I, seen that either. Yeah, and I watched a YouTube video, a couple of YouTube videos, and I said, I think I saw what might have resembled a closed book in a treetop or two, but whoever was playing the game never got it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's the first stage. The forest, you fight, you go left. And that's pretty much it. Uh, then the next stage is on a w the edge of a body of water, and this is another fight and go left stage. Uh, the enemy ninjas are, for the most part, underwater. And in fact, you actually start underwater, but you can hop out and just walk along the edge if you want. You'll actually have better control, faster movement and stuff if you do. And quite simply, you have to kill 10 enemies to continue to the next stage, which is the base of the temple, the base of a temple, at least. I don't know what temple it would be. And quite simply, your goal in this stage is to keep jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping until you get to the temple at the top. And you have to fight off the shinobi and the yobo on the way. And then the next stage, you're actually inside the temple. And this is where you're actually going to rescue Princess Kiri. Uh, you got to go up a series of stairs or stairs at each end of the temple. Think of the department store in Keystone Capers, except uh, you actually have to walk up them. They're not escalators. Uh, you, again, have to survive attacks from the shinobi and the yobo monks. And once you find the princess, the game kind of automates. It takes over and then you see an animation in which Kiri and Kage go to the top of the temple. At which point, Kiri is kidnapped again by a boss character whom you have to fight. And if you beat the boss character and rescue the princess, it starts all over again with the forest and she gets kidnapped again and you go through all those stages all over again. What is it with video game princesses letting themselves get kidnapped over and over again? Let's not do any victim blaming here. Okay. Doesn't make it does not make it right. I just want to say that. Uh, one interesting thing, though, that I gotta say, even though like you're doing the same thing over and over, every time you loop through those stages, you're they're actually season changes. Like you'll notice that the uh, the greenery around like turns into brownery, I guess. Brownery. And um, <laughs> there's you'll you'll see a little bit of snow on the ground later on too. So that's that's the game. 
Now, I'm going to go back to a problem that you kind of, you almost hinted at here. Hmm. Now, first of all, the Iga Ninja. Iga were trained in, dis- this is a, I, I, I'm going to admit, I just looked this up in Wikipedia, and here's what it says in the Wikipedia, that the Iga Ninja were trained in disguise, escape, concealment, explosives, medicine, and poisons. Uh, and uh, or unconventional forms of warfare, such as unarmed combat and various forms of wep- weaponry. So basically, they're saying armed and unarmed. <laughs> they use scaling hooks for climbing and many different tools, such as lockpicks uh-huh. and ladders. According to the Bansen Shukai, Iga Ninja of Fujibayashi family also used a special flotation device called the Mizugumo. Uh, except here's the thing. Nothing that Kage does in this game has the slightest resemblance to any of this. Hmm. So, WT hell, people. What's what's up with that? What's up with that? And the Shinobi. By the way, Shinobi are supposed to be Fuma Ninjas. You're told, you're, I think it's explained that in the game. Here's the thing about Fuma Ninjas. Fuma specialize in horseback guerrilla warfare and naval espionage. They don't do any of that in the game. Hmm. Well, I mean, come on. If you're going to claim that these characters belong to a particular, uh, uh, was it practice of ninja? Mm-hmm. Have them do that. Okay, I guess maybe in that Water's Edge part, you could argue that the ninjas might be doing some uh, uh, underwater, some naval espionage technically. But I think it's more like they're pirates. They're supposed to be pirates, not like people swimming underwater looking to kill you. But I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I might be just... Way out of line here because I know nothing about ninjas. It's not in any of my family history or anything. It's just what I saw on the Wikipedia, which, by the way, the article about the Ego Ninja had no references. So it could all be just a bunch of bullshock. So I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Having said that, though, I'm kind of at a loss as to what, what my opinion is about this game because uh-huh. it's very playable. It's, it's not, un- I don't think it's unfairly hard. But it just seems that there's a lot that's missing. It feels like it's unfinished. Like they forgot to put some, some things in it. It's hard to say what. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're coming from. It, it's like there's not enough stuff to like change the formula up in the game. It's like it's the same enemies and the levels, even though they, the backgrounds change. There's really nothing really a whole lot different between level to level. I mean, one, you obviously, uh, you're like going up, up, up. But other than that, it's, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. It's not a terrible game by any stretch. No, but yeah, no. I No, I totally get what you're it needed. It needed something more. Maybe power-ups or something. Could, it could be. I don't be. know. Could be. Or, it's or missing at least, something. At least if you're going to call it a freaking forest, put some more damn trees in it. Well, I'm, I'll give them some, I'll, I'll cut them some slack on that because it doesn't affect the gameplay. I'm not going to be well, pe- yeah, yeah, pedantic I, I, about I, it. I, yeah, yeah, I, I got you there. And um, oh, what else was, oh, the one thing I have to say, the graphics are really nice, especially for like for 1985. This is the, a very nice looking game. Yeah, the scrolling parallax is really well done. Yes, yes, very much so. And also like something I was thinking as I was playing Legend of Kage, it I would call this a bullet heck game. Not we were oh? talking about how uh, Raiden is bullet hell. This is more bullet heck cuz you're constantly being attacked, but it doesn't quite feel as unfair as it could have been. Cuz yeah. it, it's still it's still fairly reasonable to dodge things and uh the hell wait, wait 
we have to buy another city sticker already? Good grief. I'm sorry. Um, I just got a uh, notification from Chase. I have a notification set up if we have like debits like over a certain amount. I was like, wait, didn't we just get a city sticker? Let's not talk about that now. But yeah, uh, anyway, sorry about that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there are some home versions of the Legends that... Thank <laughs> you! There are some home versions of the Legend of Kage. Uh, there is a disc version and a cassette version for the Amstrad CPC, the disc version oh. done by ImagineSoft and the cassette version done by Oceansoft. May or may not be the same company. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, ImagineSoft also did a version for Commodore 64 and the Sinclair ZX, spe- pardon me, ZX Spectrum. Uh, there was another version for the ZX Spectrum uh, done for the UK by the Hit Squad. I don't know about that one very much. It might be the same version that ImagineSoft did, just under a, a reissue or license or something. Uh, there is a version for the Sharp X1. Uh, made by a company called Nidicom, and it's actually under the game's Japanese title, Kage no Denisetsu. And there is a version on the NES done by Taito. Which I had as when I had an NES. Ah. And there was a sequel to Legend of Kage, and that sequel was called, are you ready? You sitting down? I'm sitting down. Good, good, good. Uh, are you drinking anything? Should I be? No, because you'll do you'll do a spit take once ah, you hear okay. this. The name of the sequel to the Legend of Kage. Uh huh. The Legend of Kage Two. <laughs> you did a spit take anyway. Yeah, I didn't have anything to spit. That's how either. shocking it was. Good yeah. grief. Uh, that was released on the Nintendo DS in 2008, and it was developed by Lancars for Taito. And Taito released it in Japan, and in North America, Taito's parent company, Square Enix, released it. So, yeah. Having said all that, uh, Jimmy the G. Yes? Where did you first see and or play The Legend of Kage? Tell tell us about your experience. I remember playing it at the Putt-Putt Golf and Games on Essington Road in Joliet, Illinois, for the very first time. Oh, you and remember, huh? I do remember. And it was in one of the standard Taito uh, cabinets. It was just like green or whatever with the Taito lettering on the side. And um, yeah, so that's the first place I played it. And I think that's the only arcade I've ever actually ever seen it in. Yeah, I've never seen it. I'm, I may have seen it, but because the word legend in a video game automatically kind of turns me off, I might just never have noticed it back when it was uh, current. Does Galloping Ghost have it? Nobody has it. Really? There's an entry for it on Orcade.com, but it's not tied to any arcades, which tells me that somebody had it at one point. Huh. Interesting. And that's going to get interestinger in just a second when I talk about the uh, high scores. Okay. So because there are no... There's nothing tied to it on Orcade.com. There are no scores on Orcade.com. And on top of that, it's not tracked on Twin Galaxies either. Interesting. But they do have a track for playing it in MAME, though, and uh, so that's what we're going to go by. Um, and uh, the MAME record is held by Scott Gresham, who scored 1,133,000 on the dot, and uh, that was submitted August 24th, 2010. Yeah, I couldn't figure out the scoring in this game other than, like, I really don't think those last two digits, those last two zeros really matter, because uh, I think the scores are all in multiples of hundreds and thousands. 
I, I can never understand the logic behind that other than just for psychological appeasement. I don't know. I have to say here, uh, I'm just looking in at uh, the Legend of Kaga or Cage or whatever entry into Orcade and uh, found something interesting I don't think you mentioned because I don't really listen. Um, <laughs> it says, this game has a design flaw. You can take limited control of the hero in attract mode, but the game crashes if you rescue the princess. <laughs> I have a mission. <laughs> Can't do it now because I don't have MAME set up on my Linux partition, but... Yeah. Ah, yeah, I'll have to try that. Am I going to try it? Probably not because I know I'm going to forget as soon as we're done recording. Oh, yeah. Oh, I still have some ice. Ooh. Ice, baby. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, um... And I think that it's not tracked in Twin Galaxies, and Arcade doesn't really list it anywhere. It just goes to show that this is really a surprisingly rare machine. Kalov, yeah. the killer list of video games, uh, Arcade Museum, mm-hmm. it says that there are only 25 arcade games of this known to be around. And on top of that, of those 25, only three are full machines. Huh. The rest are just the boards, no cabinet. So not a common one. I'll bet you anything Doc Mac has it in his archive. Probably. I'll bet you he does. Now, how many games are they up to now? Like they're 780. Gonna be, yeah, they're going to be at 800, like very, very soon. <gasps> oh, you know, I just, I'm in on Orcade still, and I decided to look up uh, iRobot just to see what the current scores yeah. are. And um, one of the places that has iRobot, uh, we should have mentioned this in the new, uh, as a news bit, uh, Greeker's Grand Palace in Eagle, oh, Idaho, yeah. closing because of everything that's going on. Well, the thing that's is, like, did the they arcade? Ever... I think the restaurant's staying on. Though. Okay, yeah, they did. They're t- cause, yeah, because someone was talking about, hey, I can't wait till the deli opens or whatever it is. Yeah, like, is it that they're closing because of things, or they're closing because they just they're just tired of the arcade business, or just they just want to try something else? That's a. It's like their entire co- somebody bought their entire collection already. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I think they're gonna that. give. I think they're gonna give it a, a happy home. So, can't imagine it's gonna be a personal collection because who in the nah. world has that kind of, has room for the number of games that Grinker? Man, I never made it out there. Uh. Yeah. Oh, I I will. I am happy to say that it looks like uh, Izzy's is open again. Uh, that's the arcade bar in Niles, Illinois. That uh, okay. I don't know if George Spanos. I don't know if he still works there or not because I think he was recently talking about that he might have been leaving, but I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. Spanos, the tech of fate. And because there is no law against point-to-point communications in podcasting, George, if you're listening, uh, let me know. You're still over at uh, Izzy's. Izzy's. Because I think they closed the Family Entertainment Center, but the uh, bar is still open with all their arcade games. But yeah. Because yeah, I drove past it today and I was like, oh, they're open. But I couldn't stop because, well, I had my wife with me and she doesn't do video games. And! And! So how are you doing? I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Jimmy G, uh, Legend of Kage. Yes. If you were to rate it on our system of one through five continues inclusive, uh-huh. how would you rate it? Where would your number fall? I have to give it a three. Um, yeah? If, if, really, for the reasons you mentioned. I like the game, but it just feels like it's missing something. I mean, it, it's like the start of a good game, but it just I don't, it just needs maybe power-ups, like I was saying. Hmm. It's still what I play from time to time. I do like the controls, uh, the control layout. It's like it's got this, a similar thing to Kangaroo, where you push up to jump, but it's not frustrating like Kangaroo. Oh, don't even get me. Did we talk about Kangaroo yet? 
Oh, yeah, we did. Okay, good, because I really don't want to. I do not like that game at all. So, um, (laughs) allergies, folks. Um, So, yeah, given Legend of Kaga a three. Yeah, I'm going to have to concur for the exact reasons that you gave, which were the reasons that I gave. Yeah. So. How convenient. Well, with that, um, shall we uh, let everybody in on the theme for today? No, because first we should address Eugenio. Ah, uh, yes. Who emailed us at piefactory at fab4it.com. Or was it piefactorypodcast at fab4it.com? Either way, your emails will get to us from either of the, with uh, email of the, with either of those two uh, email addresses. Addresses, so. Yeah, so anyway, Eugenio says, Hi, Jim and Sean. I hope you guys are staying well. The coronavirus case numbers continue to decrease. I'm glad that that's happening in his neck of the woods. And I'm hoping they keep going in that direction, particularly since I'm writing this during Labor Day weekend. (laughs) Sorry we took so long, Eugenio. (laughs) And I know many folks will party over the weekend. If precautions are not taken, the numbers may start to increase yet again, which is what happened after Memorial Day weekend. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Yeah, it's starting to happen here. (laughs) In our our neck of the woods, the numbers like suddenly skyrocketed. It might be tied to that. um, Mm Yeah. Anyway, uh, or it could be because of uh, my wedding anniversary a couple of weeks ago. That could oh. be it, too. People were celebrating. So. Oh, yeah. Well. Um, anyway, he says, to address a couple of things said on the prior episode, Jim, welcome to the world of Intellivision. Yay. If you liked the Coleco release of Donkey Kong, you need to check out DK Arcade for the system. It is an amazing port of Donkey Kong that really leaves the Coleco port in the dust. Sean, there is no version of Astro Invader on the Vectrex, so no worries. You didn't miss anything. By the way, tell me how you really feel about Cosmic Arc on the 2600. (laughs) I'm not sure I got your impression during the episode. If I might uh, chime in here, not only is there a uh, DK arcade for the Intellivision, but somebody also ported one of the uh, the popular Donkey Kong uh, hacks. Oh, really? And ported it to the Intellivision. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I have seen it posted about on the Atari Age forums. Huh. So I've been actually kind of curious about me um, obtaining that particular report. And Eugenio says, I'm not sure I got your impression during the episode. What impression was he talking about? Is he talking about like my Paul Schaefer impression or? We haven't heard that one in a while. No, we haven't. No. And I don't think we're going to hear it today, are we? I don't know. I don't uh, know. Okay. I haven't been prompted, so yeah. But having said that, uh, Eugenio says, with that, it's time to start giving you feedback on today's games, dot, dot, dot. Number one, Legend of Kage. I can't say much about this game as I didn't even know it existed. (laughs) You and a lot of other people. You and and me both, brother. (laughs) I did watch a couple of videos and some of the ports for it. Looks like the NES port is the best one of the bunch. The other ports, uh, Amstrad CPC, Commodore 64, MSX. I did not know about MSX. Uh, X1, ZX, ZX Spectrum. <laughs> yeah, we have to say ZX because I don't think ZX was ever released here. Uh, I don't know. Had varying success in adapting this game. I'm not too impressed with this game, but without trying it out myself, I don't want to just dismiss it. By the time you read this on the podcast... <laughs> You're assuming we're going to read this on the podcast. Are you? <laughs> anyway, he says, I would have heard what you had to say about it in a number of continues you gave it. By the way, apparently Kage is not pronounced cage, but rather Kage. Yep, yep, yep. That's so true. Uh, 
And uh, what's he, uh, you want to cover? What you want to sure. address? What he's saying about Raiden? Uh, Raiden? Yeah, you've got a lot. I, I, I have no further comments about the Legend of Kage, so yeah, I'm not going to respond any further. Raiden. Though I have never played this game in the arcade, my experience first came from playing the ja- Atari Jaguar port. This fantastic shooter shines on the Jag, even with the odd choice by Imagitech Design to make the scoreboard on the side as wide as they did. I couldn't tell you. I've never played the Jag version. That forces the playfield to scroll sideways as well with the player ship, which is what the arcade game did. Uh, scrolling sideways with the player ship. Um, the, this version also has the ability for two players to enjoy the game simultaneously, which is rather cool. As for the gameplay, I'm partial to shooters, and this one I really enjoy. Interestingly enough, I learned that the Jaguar version is not an exact part of the arcade original, which makes little sense as the Jaguar should have been able to pull off an arcade perfect port. Regardless, it is a fun shooter that I don't get tired of. Besides the Jaguar version, I have Raiden Trad for the Genesis and the Raiden Project for PlayStation. The Genesis game is pretty good, though the Jaguar's version looks better. The most arcade-accurate version, though, is the PlayStation version. So that's all for today. Please wear a mask, wash your hands, stay safe. Going to the Final Frontier, wearing a mask, and gaming. Well, thank you again, Eugenio. Now, is the PlayStation version just basically an emulated version of the arcade version? I don't know, uh, but I do know that... Oh, I'm on my Linux partition. I don't have it here. Uh, that um, a while ago, I was able to purchase right in off of the uh, the Steam store. So you can uh, buy it there if you Do they like. have vaporware in the Steam store? Ha! Ha 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 I just had an aneurysm. Sure, why not? So, uh, yeah. So again, thanks, Eugenio, for that for that. Yes, thank you. And again, if you want to talk to us, you can email us at piefactory at fab4it.com or piefactorypodcast at fab4it.com. We'll be happy to read your email on the on the air or over the air or under the air for that matter. Oh yeah. And, uh, or if you want to send us an audio clip, we haven't had one of those in quite some yeah, time. We have not. Um, so, uh, please. And we're, we're also, we're also on the Twitters at uh, pie factory PFP. Yeah. Which we need to monitor that a little bit more. I'm still not a huge fan of Twitter. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I still don't get it. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. So, I, I don't know. So that's it. Yeah. And yeah. so the theme for today, <laughs> which because of the pronunciation of the second game we talked about, kind of ruined it a little bit. But well, uh, the, actually, everything ruined it a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, because the pronun- the pronunciations on both games have a little bit of an issue, but that's okay. But we can it does, we it can have less of an issue. We can for put the first some game. spin on the theme here. So go right ahead. T- say what the so theme is. We there. originally det- determined that uh, the theme for tonight's episode, Raiden and Legend of Cage. Games that have names that are in Mortal Kombat, which wasn't entirely true to begin with because Johnny Cage is with a C in Mortal Kombat, not a K. But uh, hey, it sounds the same, or at least it no, it did. does not. At least it did until Sean ruined the theme. Uh, no, I did not ruin it because I just made the theme a little bit more specific. It's the Mortal, it's the names from Mortal Kombat, but they're both pronounced differently from how they're pronounced they're both they're both pronounced differently right in different games because in mortal Kombat, the character's name is pronounced raiden not raiden cage is oh, pronounced right. cage in you're mortal Kombat, right. okay. but but because where you this is a japanese name here it is kage kage and um yeah end of and it's spelled with a k instead of a c oh well there you go so we pulled that one out yes we did by gums by 
So uh, shall we reveal the games for the next episode? We should after we thank some certain people here. Yes, why don't we do that? And I'm not going to try to uh, do anything fancy with the list, so I apologize just for being semi-alphabetical here. So thank you, Air Shack and Art Guglielmo and Atari Bytes, Christian Williams, D. Alex. Oh, and thank you, D. Alex, for the... Uh, Past Underground Retrocade. Woohoo! Uh, Franco Dragon, Keith Sheehan, Kurt Musgrave, Kyle Adder, Lance Andres, Mark Super, Mike Hat and Jay, uh, Nate Lockhart, New Balance Stores Phoenix, PJ Steele, Richard Grounds, Richard Valdez, Rory Charles Coleman, Steve Steiner, uh, Greg at the SNES Podcast, Tim Foley, Timmy Mack, and of course Underground Retrocade. Have you ever heard of Underground Retrocade? Doesn't ring a bell. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and uh, thank you to all of you who have uh, helped us out uh, on uh, Patreon. Uh, I believe our booth announcer will tell you uh, what to do if you are not a Patreon sponsor but would like to be. Uh, or you can PayPal us at uh, our email address if you just want to do a one-time thing. But we, we appreciate it. Uh, we are thinking of doing certain uh, pa- uh, Patreon-only content coming up soon. So uh, keep an eye out for that, those of you on the Patreons. Um, but yeah, um, Jimmy G, any uh, parting words? Separation. Mm. That's a parting word. No, that's supposed to be me. I, no, I. You stole how I'm supposed to sign off. Oh, I'm sorry, but that is Good a parting grief. word. It is a parting word. So, yeah, I guess a syllable is a parting word too. But we didn't reveal the games for the next episode yet. Oh, okay. So, yeah, please. Uh, or should I reveal? Why don't you reveal? Okay, I will. You're reveal. very revealing. So, I am very revealing. So, uh, the games that we are going to be talking about uh, next episode are Chiller. And turkey shoot. Gee, turkey shoot. I wonder whatever the theme could be. Oh, I know what the theme is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone so, can see me nodding my head. Yeah. So chiller tur- turkey shoot. Uh, but anyway, said, thank you all for listening. And um, don't forget to stay. D- oh, shoot. I, no, I can't use that sign off. Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, this is uh, Sean at the Pie Factory headquarters north. Are you still at the Pie Factory Logistics Center? Or are you at a different Pie Factory headquarters now? Uh, I think it's it's still basically the Logistics Center. We just, okay. you know, things have slowed down quite a bit. Oh, okay. All right. We will talk to you all in the future time. For the events like these will affect you in the future. For that is where you and I will spend the rest, the rest of, of our, of our lives. lives. Yeah. So, yeah, despite the fact that we're playing Chiller for the next episode, we hope you stay crisped well. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> that was a stretch, but I have to at least give you points for the effort. Yeah. Alrighty, everybody. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is The Happy L, composed by Sean Courtney. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at Patreon.com slash PieFactoryPodcast. Remember the last time you had a bowl of prunes? And how after the prunes were all gone, you drank that sweet, good-tasting juice? You know how you have to use up the whole coffee bean to release all that good coffee taste? Well, we use up practically the whole prune to make prune juice. And just like coffee, we let prunes brew a while till their juice is rich, full of flavor. Mmm. A lot of flavor in that glass. A lot of quick energy, too. Prune juice. You really ought to try it.
your health. 